This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. I started out as a folk singer, you know, playing pretty traditional, you know. Like, uh, you know, really traditional. Uh, John Hurt type stuff and uh, but then I started experimenting with it lyrically and or changing things around or maybe I'll play it a little harder mm -hmm. I had this whole idea that I could just be my own band you know I could play punk rock on acoustic guitar put those sunglasses on your hips mayonnaise on your lips Pass me a bag of potato chips when I want to put my money on the monkey. Give it to me, don't give it to me. Give it to me, don't give it to me. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. With me, as always, is my bro bro, Travis. This is our sidetrack for the week. Uh, last week we covered Beck's 2002 album Sea Change. And we're going to kind of talk about some of his early influences today. Um, so, Travis, did you know that 
Beck was he started out doing just folk music and now I'm talking like early on when he first started playing music in front of people. Um, in a way you could almost call him a, a, a folk artist, you know, like you can almost refer to him that way with all of his music. Yeah. Um, he pretty much did nothing but, you know, just the really traditional folk standards. Um, apparently he began performing on city buses and uh, like he mentioned in that clip, so that was a clip from 97 for uh, some Dutch public broadcaster. He mentions Mississippi John Hurt, and he would just kind of mimic his finger-picking stylings and then just kind of improv lines, you know, kind of observationally, you know, like he would just sing about people on the bus or sing about something that just happened. So, the song that, that I had in that intro clip was a song from um, One Foot in the Grave, which we talked about a little bit last week. That was an album that he did in between Mellow Gold and Odelay. So, that one came out in 94. And kind of like David Frick had, had said about, about Beck, he was this, um, what did he call him, a f- uh, folk teenage hobo or whatever just guitar and strum you know right um you can really hear those early influences on one foot in the grave so mississippi john hurt i had never heard of the guy i'm guessing you probably haven't either nope so his first recordings go back as far as uh 1928 and apparently he it, it didn't really go so well like no one really paid attention to him um, and then he, he did some recordings in the sixties that kind of helped like further along the American folk music revival. I mean, you think about the sixties and seventies, you know, so many good, uh, folk singers around that time, you know, Bob Dylan, fucking Crosby, Stills and Nash. I mean, all those guys, uh, the band America, um, you know, and with Mississippi, John Hurt. So he was self-taught and. I feel like we've talked about this a few times on this podcast. Being self-taught, you know, allowed him to kind of do his own thing and and make this create this really unique style of finger picking. And that's what I think influenced uh people um the most was was his guitar stylings, his his finger picking. So man, I've listened to to so much of his music in the last two days, dude. Uh, it was really kind of hard. It was, it was hard to pick pick a song to, to play, um, but I landed on one called um, Monday Morning Blues. This is the Monday Morning Blues, something we all we working class people wake up in the morning. You know how it is. You stay up so late and you get up that morning. You, when you get out of bed, you go to work. You can't hardly find your Monday morning shoes. Monday morning blues. 
So he was a major influence on the way that Beck plays guitar. Um, I mean, I f- it seems like more so than anyone else. I feel like Mississippi John Hare was is probably probably one of the biggest influences. Beck mentions him specifically in that interview, um, and you know, back when he was starting out as a teenager, he pretty much did nothing but Mississippi John Hurt guitar pickings you know like he would play a mississippi john hurt song but then just improv his own lyrics on top of it you know because it's 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 your standard blues you know you can sing whatever you want on top of that kind of stuff yeah there's so many songs on one foot in the grave that sound so much like that style of guitar picking so i i wasn't planning on doing another song from one foot in the grave except for just kind of as for the outro but i kind of want to find another one to play real quick um actually you know what let's just do the first song so this is again a a song from uh beck's album one foot in the grave which came out in 94 uh here's the first track on the album it's called he's a mighty good leader There you go, man. Straight up raw, gritty blues. Yeah, I mean, so so that was who now who's the singer there? That was Beck, bro. That was Beck singing? That was Beck singing. Oh man. Yeah. So who was the guy that did the that he collaborated with on that album? You're talking about that really good looking dude on the left? Yeah, what what was his role in the album? Um he sings along with him sometimes. Okay. 
I, I figured um, that was him singing. No, that's back, dude. And there's a few other there's a few other people that that pop up on that uh, and sing along with him. Um, but I believe the the main other collaborator with him is his name's Calvin Johnson. So Mississippi John Hurt. I'm trying to think, man. There's so many great songs from him. I kind of want to play another one before um, before I play play the next uh, the next artist. Um, there's a song of his called. Uh, well, I mean, they're all standard, so I don't think he wrote most of these. There's one called uh, "Shortening Bread." Shortening, shortening bread. Yeah, dude. Okay, it's only two minutes. Let's just play the whole thing. It's so good, man. Let's do it. <laughs> just puts a smile on my face every time i listen to that one i mean i just want to i want to try some some shortening bread now, you some know? short some shortening bread do you know what shortening bread is dude isn't it like like a really like simple recipe like way to make bread like an easy well, here, way here, to here, make dude. bread or something like that so there is an article on shortening bread on wikipedia because it's a it's a folk song dates back to the 1890s um shortening bread so he didn't write that song no uh shortening bread refers to a fried batter bread made of cornmeal flour hot water eggs baking powder milk and shortening so yeah anyways uh moving on so um in that interview he also mentions a song called uh john hardy which is another traditional American folk song. And he kind of strums along and, and 
and sings like the first line or something from the song. Um, and man, there are so many really awesome versions of this song recorded um, that go way back, um, as far back as 1924. And I found out that the Carter family covered this song. So this is another one of those um, American folk music groups that's actually as a family. So they, they are considered the first country music stars, basically, with the success of their recordings. Um, they recorded between 1927 and 1956. A guy named A.P., and then Maybell and Sarah, and they're they're the Carter family. Um, so it's AP, his wife Sarah, and then his sister-in-law Maybell. So Sarah and Maybell are sisters. AP's the guy that married in. Um, she the way dude the way Maybell plays guitar, man, it's so fucking cool. Her finger picking is really fucking dope. Yeah, um, you remember the episode, our, our Kings of Leon episode. Yes. Who was that? Who was that female uh, blues blues singer guitar player that we that we talked oh, about? Oh man, because she was on. her guitar playing just blew me away. Sister Rosetta Tharp. Yeah, that is her name. That song was up above my head. Yeah, dude. Yeah, um, all right, so let's play. So this is Carter family's version of John Hardy. Um, so the full name is John Hardy was a desperate little man. That's just how the song goes. There's no change up. You know, it's just, here's a verse. I'm going to strum a little bit. And then here's another verse. There's no like, <laughs> there's no chorus or anything, but. That's blues, man. Blues are just simple and. Yeah. And, you know, that's what made it so accessible to everybody, you know. Yeah. They're just, they're just telling the story. So, yeah. If, so, you know, these are, if these are Beck's influences, I don't think in a million years, if you, if you listen to. Mellow Gold or Odelay, would mm-hmm. you ever think that, you know, if you had to guess, hey, wh- wh- who who uh, who do you think Beck was influenced by? I would never yeah. have come up with stuff like and, and, you know, that's what makes, uh, you know, that's one of my, the things I'm always interested in. Like, like you know, my favorite artists, who were they influenced by? Like, who were, who were some of their favorite bands when they were starting out? And, you know, yeah. it's yeah, interesting it to, to, to think that Beck started out doing this sort of folky guitar stuff like that and where yeah. he ended up, you know. What it seems it seems to me that 
that that more than anything it was it was the the guitar stylings that he f- fell in love with you know um and then well, his own the, you know, kind of style of the very uh the very opening line that you hear on on loser is yeah. that slide acoustic guitar yeah yeah dude so what i want to know is what what electronic influences uh did did beck have you know because he had to yeah. have been influenced by somebody well when uh next time we cover a beck album we'll have to dive into that dude yeah so yeah that's it that's what i got for us that's our sidetrack um that's it for this week and dude you know what next week is right next week is going to be an awesome episode man it's i'm our first, so excited uh legitimate guest our first track by track episode and we're going to talk about radioheads in rainbows uh perhaps we're going to go deeper than we've ever gone with any album so i'm stoked uh, i think it's going to be it's going to be a doozy for sure so and that's how we're going to wrap up our uh Radioheadathon or Radiohead Palooza. Um, so that'll be the last Radiohead album we cover for for a while. But yeah, man, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a blast. I am stoked. So as always, hop over to our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you can find our show notes. Um, and uh, we'll throw in some videos clips from concerts and other stuff anything else that we think you might enjoy uh that pertains to the episode um and yeah subscribe to us on uh itunes anywhere else that you listen to your podcasts we should be up on there and uh so i'm gonna fade us out with um another song from one foot in the grave so as i mentioned during our sea change episode uh, there's a song that he wrote for One Foot in the Grave called It's All in Your Mind. It actually pops up on the Japanese. Um, there's, there's a few bonus tracks on the Japanese release of One Foot in the Grave. And uh, this is a song that he ended up re-recording and uh, he he put it on Sea Change. So I'm going to fade us out with just a little bit of the version of that song that you hear on one foot in the grave. So thank you as always for listening. We will talk to you next week. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. Take care now. Well, it's all in It's all in your mind It's all in your mind Well, it's all in your mind And I want it to be And I want it to be Your good friend Devil up your sleeve 
he's talking to me And I cannot believe And I want it to be And I want it to be Your good friend of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who kill their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.